What's new? Scott Drew and the Bears are the number one team in the Big 12 in the AP poll and the preseason Big 12 poll this season. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Baylor and happy Tuesday, everybody. Drake Toll with Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears alongside Brandon McKinnon with our Daily Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Baylor men's basketball. Look, when we have talked about, is that a dog? I'm so sorry. That's the best way to start today's show. <laughs> We've already have had a good day, and that's even better. Hopefully everybody out there is having a good day, too. It's cold today. It's cold. You it see is. That? 68, 69, nice. The lows like in the 30s or something. Wild. I digress. Baylor basketball, in the midst of Baylor football being not great right now, is our saving grace. And yes, it's still a month away, but they're number five in the AP poll, number one in the preseason Big 12 poll. Brandon, do either of those shock you for the better or the worse? I hate to fact check you right out of the gates, but we're three weeks away, not a month. I can't go an extra week, especially with where we're at. Um, neither of those really shock me. I think if you if you look at what has made successful college basketball programs over the last five years, it's been a heavy, heavy guard-driven sport, yeah. um, especially teams that go on deep tournament runs, are successful Villanova, in the regular season. Virginia, come on. Exactly. Um, and so I think you, you, there's probably not a better guard room in America than the one in Waco. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that we're, that we're ranked, you know, or tied for fifth in the AP poll with Kansas. And, and according to the, the sports or the coaches vote in AP, we're preseason number one, the big 12. It's a great time to, to be a Baylor basketball fan. That's for sure. Brandon, um, I love the dog. What kind of dog is this dog? Two two dogs, both are really crazy. Um, one's a mutt, and then one is a blackmouth cur. Originally from the state of Arkansas. Actually. Hey, let's go hogs or dogs? Dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, Brandon. I honestly, this whole basketball stuff is coming at a really good time for me. I I want to come out too. I know that I again, it's kind of sporadic today. It's how my day has gone. My microphone was off on yesterday's show. So Incredible. I have turned it on today. My mom texted me. and was like, you sound like you're in a cave. Sorry, mom. Um, forgot <laughs> to turn you, my mom. microphone on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my microphone is on today. And I am on a, I would say we're nearing cloud nine level because basketball has picked me up out of the football funk that I'm currently in. <laughs> Deservedly so, by the way. Baylor at three and three. Underwhelming. I know. It's like I'm updating you. We haven't done a podcast in like two months. So I'm just filling oh, you yeah. on Baylor football, making sure it's, you know. It's also like every time we do this, it goes very similar to this way. So yeah, I'm okay yeah. with the dogs and the digressions and the mom text. We're, we're just rolling. There's something about it. Um, yeah. Also, everybody out there, subscribe. Hit that subscribe yeah. button on YouTube while you're here. We're almost to 1,000. Brandon, why? Why this team? Adam Flagler's been here longer than I have, and I've been at Baylor for a long time, man. Uh, LJ Cryer's the same way. Both those guys are still on the team, and I think they've both been here longer than I have. Caleb Loner's an old man. Jalen Bridges is a pretty old guy. And then you got your mix of your younger guys that are in there. Jonathan Chamochacho is pretty old, too. Flo Thamba? Yeah, Flo there's Thamba? a lot of veteran guys on this roster. Like I was a senior when they won the national championship. He's the yeah. Blake Bell of Baylor basketball. Uh, Matthew <laughs> Meyer could have come back too. So yeah. that, that list goes on. And then your, your younger guys, like your Langston Loves, your or your Keontae George is all to bring into the mix. And that list goes on and on. Even, you know, Dale Bonner, if you want to throw it, he's relatively new-ish. Uh, mm. What about 
this team to you is is top five caliber. Why? Just you talked about guard play already, but why is this team national championship level? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm very I'm probably biased with the guard room oh. comment. There's a lot of great guard rooms around the country. Um, a lot of great teams around the country. Like there's really the top 10. I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling and movement this year, similar to last season, really. Um, but I think for Baylor specifically, you know, you name a lot of these veteran guys, like you name guys that were on the title team run, Flo Thamba, Jonathan Chamochachua, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer. Like there are, you know, I'm probably forgetting some, but there, there are guys that have been there, done that, Mm -hmm. reached the peak. They also are those same guys that were on the roster, you know, um, LJ and EJ or Everyday John were obviously injured last season, but those guys were also a part of a team that got bounced in the round of 32 that didn't make it out of the first weekend of a tournament. So I think we have these leaders that have been on really successful, the top success that you can get on a tournament team and have also had some disappointment. They're going to be able to really lead and and coach some of these younger guys through um, this season. And I think a lot of these recently successful teams have had veteran presence, but also you've had a freshman or sophomore that's dynamic and enter Keontae George. Yeah. The obvious answer to this next question is Keontae George, I feel like, but I want to get kind of your thoughts on on these newcomers and Caleb Lohner mm-hmm. and Jalen Bridges and then Keontae George as three guys who could very easily step in day one and make a huge impact. From what I've seen, Keontae's an obvious starter. And mm-hmm. Big 12 freshman, preseason freshman of the year. Looks like Jalen Bridges is trending that way, too, to be your starter day one. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb Lohner filling in big minutes or a big role. Uh, of those three guys, again, it feels like George is going to be the one to step up and be the best of the three. Yeah. But what do you look for in a newcomer becoming an unexpected guy on this team? Yeah. I mean, if you are if you want to talk unexpected guy, I think – if he doesn't redshirt, I think Dantuan Grimes has a great opportunity to be a spark plug off the bench as Brandon, well. We have talked about so many guys. You just hit yeah. me with a Dantuan Grimes. There's like 11 it names did. that we dropped at this point. I know. And I haven't even mentioned Langston Love either. A guy Or Zach Loveday, by the way, who is <laughs> I saw on campus today. Zach Loveday still exists. So yeah. Dantuan yeah. Grimes, though. I, I do. I mean, I think if you look at – he looked so good in Global Jam. And yeah. – preseason tournament i get it um we're also we also didn't mention josh ojanuna who also looked incredible in global jam like there's just an abundance of riches but i really do think um if dan tuan doesn't redshirt i think he has a real opportunity to be a lockdown defender at the guard position Mm -hmm. but in terms of a guy that is outside of keontae george because i think he's going to be a top five pick i think it's going to be jalen bridges who's going to probably start right away as a stretch four for us um I, you know, in high school, he shot above 40% from three. So that stretch four, I think that gives us a lot of things offensively. Um, and every, all of intents and purposes, he's looked great um, in the film that's come out of practice, which I know they're not going to tweet out anything but highlights, but the the word out of practice has been great about Jalen as well. Were you, did you, what, how big was your middle school that you went to? Dude, I don't remember. Probably like 500 people. Not big. Jeez. That's a decent middle school. That's a decent yeah. middle school. Uh, did, you, did you play basketball in middle school? I did, yes. You did. Did you guys have like, did you have two teams? We did, yes. And you have an A team and a B team or like a blue team and a red team? We had seventh grade A and B and eighth grade A and B. Mm, we did too. We had seventh yeah. grade A and B. I was on the seventh grade B team my first year okay. of basketball. Uh, it's just because I was massive. Um, but that is what I, I'm reminded, this Baylor roster 
like Baylor varsity and Baylor junior varsity out of this basketball team or an A and a B, the amount of names, we probably hit 10 to 12 guys here that could be contributors for this team. So last year's problem, oddly enough, ended up being depth at the end of the season Mm -hmm. because you look at Kendall Brown by the end of the year, it was like, oh, we can barely put this guy on the floor without it being a liability. Um, yeah. And then you go into that North Carolina game and guys start getting in foul trouble or, or being thrown out of the game to- totally. And that became a huge issue down the stretch. It doesn't feel like that's going to happen this year. It feels like health is always the question, you know, and if we can stay healthy, I think we have nine guys, you know, that can really be a, a contributor on a division one basketball team, a power five division one basketball team. So yeah. The depth is going to be awesome. It's just, and I've been listening to a lot of preseason college basketball podcasts as well. And it's like, they're doing these big 12 previews and they get to Baylor and they're like, well, if they can stay healthy, it's like, you can't just assume everyone is fragile on the team (laughs) because we had bad injury luck last year, you know? So I think, yeah, I mean, we have to be, we are one of the deeper teams. Um, I mean, like if we're just, if we're playing the game, right. And I'm rambling now, but if we're naming guards on Baylor's team that you think could go get you 10 points a game, you have Adam Flagler. Keontae George, LJ Cryer, Langston Love, Dale Bonner had the Dale Bonner game against Kansas State last year. I mean, that's five guys, and I'm probably missing some. You know, there's probably going to be a wild card in there that where they, you know, can also contribute. So I think it's it's exciting. You'll get your 19 and your 20 team with, you know, Butler, Mitchell, Teague, Mm -hmm. Devontae Bandu was a Mm -hmm. really great scorer. Um, there were, there were plenty of guys in those, in those cast characters as well. And obviously they won a national title in 20 that, um, that, that group to me, what, remember that, that, that 19 year, they won 23 straight games at one point. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we kind of, we had a conversation off the air about how sometimes Baylor just kind of skips over athletic achievements every now and then yeah. 23 straight men's basketball games is an absurd number. It's that insane. just doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this before we jumped on. I think it's always easy because I was kind of thinking about things that, you know, we might dive into, especially with the AP poll coming out and like looking at some of the teams we were playing early in the season. I think it's really easy when we're early in college basketball season, when you have a loss, the world is crashing down. We're still thinking in football terms. It's like if you lose, you know, your season's likely not going to end in a championship. Right. But we... But like the fact that that team won 23 straight with a very similar makeup to what we have this year, I, I mean, I think it could be a special roster. But right. our schedule well, is very difficult. Why is that my standard now? Now yeah. after that was my freshman years, like my first experience as a student on Baylor's campus, like, oh, they win 23 straight games. Well, I yeah. guess this is normal. So yeah, now, exactly. When they the first game they lost last year, is like, well, that's it. It yeah. was fun, but I don't know if we're making it now. Yeah, um, exactly. I'll tell you what is making it, Brandon, and you're not going anywhere. Folks at home, Brandon and I are going to get into a conversation about being top five in the AP poll and about individual guys like Tweety Carter, who's on staff now. Uh, but first, got to tell you folks about Upside. Upside, one of our newest sponsors here at Locked On. If you're cringing at the pump, uh, I think we all are right now. I went out to dinner the other night at Outback Steakhouse, and Outback has raised their prices. Still really good. I am one of the few people that likes Outback and Roadhouse and all the chain places. Um, I don't always get steak though. The Outback steak's fine. It's fine. The Outback cheese fries are really good. Upside will give you money back when you go to Outback and get cheese fries. It's a true story. To get started, download the free Upside app today. Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back in your first purchase of 10 or more. By the way, cheese fries are now more than $10. So there's your five bucks. 
Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, earn three times as much cash with upside. Their users are more than a million dollars in the positive every week, and that's why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free upside app and use promo code LOCKED. For five bucks back on your first ten dollar purchase, promo code locked for five bucks back on your first ten dollar purchase. Brandon, the Baylor Bears are number five, tied with Kansas for number five, which I find interesting. They're only a point, a vote up of Kansas too in the Big Twelve um, preseason standings as well. Texas obviously vying for for a conference title this year and for a lot of hype in the conference, and now TCU too is making waves. So it, it looks like the Big Twelve is as loaded as we've seen it these last. I don't want to say as ever, but just still as we've seen it the last couple seasons. Yeah, it seems slightly top heavy because there's kind of, you know, well, Oklahoma State, I think, is going to be good this year, too. There yeah. were two of their guards were on the the preseason all Big 12 team. But, you know, you get through Baylor, Kansas, TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech defensively, like the scheme is still going to be there. I just believe in Mark Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those top six teams are going to be really good. And then I think there is a slight fall off when you get to, you know, Kansas State and Iowa State um oklahoma um who's the 10th team i'm missing oh my gosh kansas state we kansas fact check state. me fact check me fact check me what did you get kansas uh, state in there is that who we got i did get kansas state oh my gosh this is wild um west anyway, virginia you got west, west virginia? virginia west virginia ah. i did not get west virginia bob huggins um, man yeah so i think those bottom four teams are going to be i mean iowa state might struggle to score 50 points a game they lost you know hunter to texas and yeah. isaiah brockington but I, I think that it's going to be it's going to be a battle, but I think Baylor's going to be at the top at the end. I'm hoping that we can break the curse of our our Big Twelve tournament woes and we can you know go into the postseason and March Madness with some some momentum. But the team I think is going to be fine, and, and the coaching staff is going to be fine. We're going to be we're going to move through. Yeah, I like the idea that Baylor has uh, tough teams to play in the Big 12 again this season. Uh, it, it worked two years ago. Um, in the top 25, you have Texas at 12. We've already mentioned how Baylor and Kansas are both at five. In the new Big 12, Houston's up there at number three right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Gonzaga coming in at two this season, who Baylor meets in the non-conference. Uh, you also got TCU <laughs> in at 14 as well. Uh, so plenty. Texas Tech at 25, too, which kind of surprised me. I didn't think Texas Tech would be ranked preseason, but they played so well at home last year. I think they'll do the same this year, too. And all that kind of kind of funnels down t- to me for Baylor's schedule, which features Virginia and Marquette and Gonzaga and Washington State in the non-conference this year. Uh, Arkansas as well, that game in, in January. This mm-hmm. slate is is kind of insane. And, and if we beat Virginia in that first round of the preseason tournament in Vegas, we'll play the winner of Illinois and UCLA, both of which are ranked teams as well. So the schedule is wild. I think that's kind of why I made my point earlier of, you know, a loss isn't going to break our season. I think that we can expect some losses early in the year. Like, I think that Gonzaga game is going to be really tough. I'll stand yeah. by all my Twitter slander of them being just bad as a program. Um but I'm, I think that that game is going to be going to be difficult. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited to watch all of these games because it's going to be high level competition. It's going to get us ready for March. And that's ultimately the goal. Is it is it Baylor's? Um, oh, man, I think Keontae George is the best player on the team. I just want to put that I out there, so too. I think Keontae George is the best player on the team. It'd be tough to argue that, too, because he's he's the only lottery pick that's on the team right now. That mm-hmm. could change. But right now, that's that's the truth. So with him being the best player. Is it still the senior leadership that makes this team a top five or national championship contender? Like, 
is it the fact that they're so old, even with their best player being so young, that makes them really the apex of the sport? I, I feel like that helps, but I think you also saw a ton of great leadership characteristics out of Keontae when they were playing in Canada. You know, and I'm going to be very interested to see what that looks like early in the season, even against some of these tune-up teams, to be mm-hmm. quite quite honest. That's what they are. Missouri Valley State or whoever we play first. Um, hey, Mississippi, like, come on. Or, give some credit you know, him to too. the Dragons or whatever yeah. they are. No, but I, I think Keontae has a lot of leadership characteristics, and I think he's mm-hmm. going to need to. Um, and He's shown good you know, maturity. Um, but I, I do think that just players like Adam Flagler, that has been there, was on the championship team. If Keontae yeah. has an off night, look for those guys to pick him up, but also to be able to shoulder the load. Like Adam Flagler was on the preseason first team for a reason. Like he's yeah. he's going to be one of the best players in the Big 12. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a mix of this young talent and then senior leadership. Um, mm. The way I see it, like, because, you know, Keontae and Josh Ojinwuno were the only two true freshman recruits that are coming in. But with Langston Love essentially, you know, missing all of last year with his yeah. knee injury, I'm viewing it as we also have another, like, basically incoming freshman that he was number 28 in his class, that class with Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan. So I think there's a lot more youth and, and talent coming that we didn't see last year than than we're thinking. Yeah, the fact that that you've reminded me now that Langston Love is the same age and very similar caliber to Jeremy Sohan and Kendall Brown is wild. Make note too, that Jeremy Sohan was the outside looking in of the top 100 players on most sites coming into Mm -hmm. Baylor and then was a top 10 pick. So folks were expecting Langston Love to be the second guy behind Kendall Brown. And then Jeremy Mm -hmm. Sohan ends up being just insane defensively, especially so That, that's a factor. I mean, one of these guys, Joshua Ojuwuna, could step up and be that next, oh my gosh, freshman out of Baylor. Um, yeah. Sohan didn't start last season at, like, yeah. at all, at all, and yeah. was a lottery pick. So certainly that all bodes well for, for Baylor. Um, and what else, what I feel like bodes well too, that you've, that you've kind of hinted at, Tweety Carter being in, in-house now, having mm-hmm. guys, um, having guys that are coming into the program consistently through the transfer portal that feel like good Baylor fits too. And then the possibility of getting EJ back. That's something that I've been wondering about. I know you published an article about that earlier uh, mm. this week or, or late last week. And I do want to get to that. But first, Brandon, who's not going anywhere, and will answer questions about EJ. Tell the folks at home about Nissan. I drive a Nissan. I do. I drive a Nissan Maxima. So if you see a Nissan Maxima, it might be me. There are many of them in the world. It could be mine. Uh, right now, Nissan, they are doing a most thrilling moment. So this is Nissan's most thrilling moment from the Baylor football game last week. My Nissan most thrilling moment was a touchdown pass on fourth down from Kyron Drones to Hal Presley. Hal, where you been? You're here now. Kyron Drones, the backup quarterback, throwing a touchdown strike. It was a heck of a ball. Threw it really hard. My moment of the game, keeping Baylor right there squarely to win the game late, which they did not do was Kyron Drones throwing his first touchdown pass uh, in that game, which just felt like felt big, felt like Baylor could stay in it, could win it because of that play. Sadly, they did not. Nissan uh, is all about thrilling moments. And for Nissan, their segment goes past traditional sports and it goes past traditional vehicles. The Frontier, the Armada, the Pathfinder, are all available at NissanUSA.com. Go check them out. Brandon, Jonathan Chamo Chachua, Everyday John. Uh, what's the latest? What are you hearing? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the video that came out, you know, the Baylor Athletics put out with him basically giving his his walk through his injury as well as like his testimony and discussing his faith for about 16 minutes yeah. that featured, you know, Scott Drew, Frank Fraschilla, Team Doctors was really the most comprehensive update we've gotten. If you haven't had a chance to watch that, I would strongly recommend. But um, the full update, he detailed the injury. His knee is to- like has been, you know, Basically, the surgery was successful. His knee has been reconstructed, still doing rehab. He's good. Unfortunately, the nerve damage is what's keeping him out. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just a, the, the, he said, you know, the doctor didn't give a real timeline there. It could be any stretch of time. Um, and so I don't think we're sure like when EJ is actually going to come back, if he's going to come back this year. Um, but I mean, I think Baylor Nation's obviously hoping for that. The biggest thing is I think he, you know, now that he, can at least walk and is moving around. I would assume he's going to be around the team a ton um, and it's going to be at practices and obviously on the sidelines. And so um, I think that's going to be a, an even bigger factor is just his vocal leadership while he continues to try and get healthy. Yeah. And it's a huge loss for Baylor, obviously taking out one of the leaders from that national championship squad, as well as he played in, in that tournament run and a Baylor team that's had struggles when it comes to depth in their, in their size. And that might be the thing too, that, that hurts Baylor or keeps him out of the conversation of being the number one team right now. Preseason is mm-hmm. where's, where's the depth in the size and where was it last year? Well, it was tough to find, especially with EJ on the sideline. Um, and, and I know that's been a point of emphasis with recruiting, too, for Scott Drew, is bringing in bigger guys. And another big part of recruiting now, too, Tweedy Carter, having him on staff at Baylor, I know is something that that you really, the, an addition that you really like and that I think elevates this team. I just I love the segments that he'd done talking about the national championship and his time at Baylor before coming on staff. And now having him here just feels like an added boost, um, not just for recruiting, but also like team morale and just the squad in general. Yeah, um, we're we're doing like a sit down series. We've been RDLA Bears has been fortunate enough to get plugged in um, and, and we're getting the chance to sit down with different people within the Baylor men's basketball program. And Tweedy was the first guy that that we got to sit down with that I got to sit down with and, and just chatted with him for like 45 minutes. That's awesome. Um, and and I left that I left that discussion hoping that I had eligibility and that they were willing to give a, a scholarship out or at least a walk on um, go back for a master's. Um, but he, his energy, his passion for Baylor, um, his vulnerability to even talk to like me, like a guy that he didn't know that well and talk about his struggles and what it looked like playing overseas and, and a number of those things. I just think the wisdom that he's going to bring yeah. to our team is going to be incredible. Um, like immediately impact right now, like mm. in within the walls of the building. Um, and he talked about it. He was like, I don't, he, you know, something he shared with me and, and I included in my article as well um, was that he said he wanted to focus on guys one through 15. It's not just the scholarship guys. It's not just the starters. He wants to develop everybody. And yeah. when we're talking about depth being an issue, I think that's huge because it's you have to have the guys that are that are ready to go. Um, and then just like on that point, like on the depth side, I think like obviously flow is our five. Jalen likely going to be our stretch four, like we mentioned. And I think like Josh Ojinwuna looked great. And then also I think Caleb Lohner is going to be very similar to a Mark Vital type player to help round out the depth there. So look for, look for that. I would think. Yeah. I, if that ends up becoming an issue for Baylor again, that, that is one of my, one of my big worries. Um, at least there is your, your Caleb Lohners, your guys that can play even bigger than they are. Which you saw with Freddie Gillespie a couple of years ago, who wasn't yeah. a true center, but played the true center spot. 
Uh, I know the content too you're pumping out. You mentioned the the Langston Love interview that you got to put out. Um, mm-hmm. Really, what, what did you get out of Langston? A guy that, gosh, <laughs> man, you go from being a you know possible one and done to your, your whole season's done. Now you got to come back and play your quasi freshman year this year. Yeah, yeah, no. Talking with Langston was awesome as well. Um, it was it was pretty funny, like going from Tweedy to Langston. I like referred to I like referred to Tweedy as Tweedy, and then I was like, "Sorry, Coach Carter," huh. and that kind of like eased eased the conversation up right away. But Langston um, was like, I left that discussion just thinking there can't be a nicer player in college basketball. Just super mm-hmm. kind, great personality, um, and a guy that seemed to have really grown a ton through the injury process. So he, you know, talked about falling in love with basketball again and and not taking things like workouts and practices for granted and just being gener- genuinely excited to go and do those things. Um, and, you know, the biggest piece of news he gave me was that he has been 100% cleared for the last two weeks. He's been running five on five. He's fully wow. healthy. Um, super excited to have him back. And, and honestly, I just can't wait to watch him play. Um, but I just, I told, you know, I think when you meet with a player that's going through this injury, it was just so cool to get to know him better as a person. And I, I mean, he's a great person that I think all Baylor nation can get behind. So all that put together, everything you've learned over the endeavors of putting together preseason content, uh, three weeks yeah. away. Is it really three weeks? Feels like more than three weeks, you three, three weeks, man, weeks? three weeks, Jeez. 21 days. If anybody's counting it down, you're certainly counting it down. Um, what can Baylor fans expect, especially, and I'm, this is kind of a stupid question, by the way, especially in these first couple of games against the tune-up teams? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fast paced play in the first half. Um, I think Drew is probably and staff are likely going to want to get guys minutes that haven't played together before. Um, yeah. The nature of an elite program is you're going to have some one and dones, and so we need to get our rhythm before you know our non-conference play starts. Um, but also being mindful of minutes on legs, and so I think first halves will look very similar to what a normal rotation will look like in Big Twelve play. Um, I would anticipate a lot of four-out play um, with Bridges being an outside player and playing outside in, and Flow kind of flashing to the elbow and, and playing a traditional five role. Um, heavily featuring Adam, Keontae, and LJ around the perimeter. Um, and then, you know, getting some of those deeper bench guys minutes in the second half to see what you really have. You know, what do you have in D'Antoine Grimes? What do you have in Zach Loveday? Um, and just really trying to build from there and round out your rotation to hopefully be 10 deep going into our, our big non-conference games and then be ready for big 12 play in January. Keontae George over under 20 points in... I'm going to go over under averaging 20 points in Baylor's first three games against like Northern Colorado, Mississippi Valley and whoever. I thought you were going to say over under averaging 20 hard stop. And I was going to be like, that would be, be nuts. electric. And I'd probably hammer the over just because that's my nature. Because um, life is too short to bet the under and root for no points. Um, but I think he's going to go off against lesser competition. I hate mm-hmm. to put it that way. You know, uh, yeah, most respect yeah. to opponents, but I think, I think Keontae is going to go off. I hope so, man. I him he like put all of America on his back against those other countries and yeah. was impeccable this summer. So yeah, and it, a lot of high expectations. And I know, I mean, it's almost like we chatted about like 10, 11 guys we've named. Um, you know, like we didn't even dive into, or probably won't be able to get to today. The fact that LJ Cryer was leading Baylor in scoring when he went down last year. Like, mm. we're there are so many people that are going to make up this roster. 
Um, if LJ had shot enough or had enough three point field goal attempts and shot at the pace he was, he would yeah. have led the nation in three point shooting last year. Like that's the caliber of player that we're also getting back. You know, it's, there's so many pieces that I think we're going to be like, I forgot that this player, mm. this person is this good in yeah. those first three games. Oh, dude. Now you so got pumped. me fired up. Gosh, dang it. All right. 21 days, 21 days. It is though. November 7th at 11 AM. I want you to skip your class on Monday. If you have it and go. I'm going to. Is it a Monday or Tuesday? I it was Monday. Tuesday. Gosh, dang it. I have to skip Monday, Monday class. Uh, I'll do it. I will. Brandon, I actually am. I'm going to go to the game. Brandon, uh, where can folks find you and your content? Yeah, so on our Daily Bears, we'll be continuing to pump out some more um, sit-downs and, and talking with players and coaches. That's going to kind of be my focus throughout the preseason and, and hopefully throughout the season as well. Um, all of that will just be on our Daily Bears website. I'll be tweeting it out at Brandon underscore Mac on Twitter. Um, and also like all the content that the Our Daily Bears men's basketball team is pumping out or just Our Daily Bears in general has been yeah. awesome. Um, we have a bunch of new contributors that are going to be focusing on, you know, opponent previews, conference previews and doing some in-depth stuff there as well. So yeah, it's going to be a great time and we're excited for, for basketball season for sure. Yeah, everybody check it out. Our Daily Bears. And thank you for making Locked on Baylor your first listen every single day. I'm Drake Tall. It's Brandon McKinnon. Go see all of his stuff and come back tomorrow as we break down. Football is still going on, by the way. So I don't want to say sadly. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And Kansas just had to take Baylor. a quick pause to talk basketball. And now I got to go freaking back to football where all my <laughs> sorrows are. Kansas and Baylor this weekend. More coverage on that coming up the rest of this week. You don't want to miss it because, boy, howdy, if Baylor loses this one. Really pressing that red button that we're already pressing. This has been, always will be. Come back tomorrow to Locked on Baylor.